What's going on, stalemates? Welcome back to another episode. My name is Zach. We got Tyler in the house doing the ones and twos. We got Jake in the house. He just had a baby this week and clap it up for him. I think we can say that, right? (laughs) (laughs) And we also have Corby in the building. How you fellas doing? Jake, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a uh, eventful weekend. I tried to follow wrestling as much as I could. Um, you know, no promises on everything, but I think I uh, I was probably texting the group chat too much while my wife was in labor. So hopefully uh, me and her are okay there. Yeah, you know, guys, we have it rough when it comes to childbirth. You know, it's tough for us. Uh, Corby, how you doing? I know you got uh, all the tabs up watching all the wrestling over the weekend. Uh, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I had a great weekend. You know, um, I know we're going to talk MVPs later, but um, might be Jake's wife. It might have been like maybe one forty-five in the morning, and I text him, hey, any any luck yet? You know, any pushing? He texts back, no pushing. Literally 26 minutes later, I have the text to prove it. He sends a picture of the, his baby boy on his wife's chest. I scroll back, looked at my phone. I'm like, wait a minute, 26 minutes ago, there was no pushing. So this kid, I mean, she's a champ. I mean, came out Crazy. I mean, 20, 20 some minutes. She wasn't pushing. Next thing you know, kids on her chest. She's my MVP of the weekend. I'm going to pick a wrestler later, but for now I'm going, uh, I'm going with her, man. She, she, she Go-go. wins the weekend. Absolutely. I agree with that. that. That's, that's the collective MVP and even letting Jake be on the show this week. I didn't know if he was going to be here, but he's here since he's here. Let's go ahead and talk wrestling. Corby, you went out to North Carolina and you got to witness what I thought was a pretty badass dual meet. Uh, the production was amazing. I've never seen anything like that. I know there's some hiccups with the weather, but what did you think of the whole UFC experience with Campbell and Michigan and North Carolina? Man, I so glad I went. Um, unbelievable. You can't explain it. Like walking into a hangar, um, you know, planes, uh, you know, uh, I mean, they had hummers and planes and helicopters and and big guns mounted on top of uh, pickup trucks and tons of gun i mean it was just unbelievable setup the the what they had in there and then the elevator wrestling mat right in the middle um it was it was unbelievable just to be there it's just never seen wrestling you know all my years and something like that never thought i would um and then you know the wrestling was amazing um you know, I've gone back and, and checked on some of the production. Looked great to me. Um, so UFC did a good job there. Um, you know, we had a rain delay in the bottom of the fourth inning, I believe. It was like the bottom of 149 uh, in the middle of the match there. We uh, we get a rain delay. You know, they had a hangar door open, and the rain was, you know, the mat was probably 60, 70 feet maybe inside maybe more inside the building but the way the wind was blowing it was misting the mat so we stopped they cleaned it up um but yeah it was great production was great um from what i watched online the, the wrestling was amazing um you know the fur f- was flying early i mean uh kurt McHenry and molten gotten a gotten a couple of really good scrambles in that match you know which was really cool to start off that event as i'm sitting there I'm thinking to myself, hey, if there's any new fans out there in the U, you know the UFC people that are tuning in to watch wrestling right now, they're getting they're getting their money's worth in this first match. So, you know, I'm like they'll they'll keep tuning in. So, um, yeah, I was excited. Let's talk about the actual wrestling in the duels, though. Anything that like stood out to you guys in the first duel with Michigan and uh, Campbell? 
besides um, Kurt McHenry coming out and beating Moulton? The thing that I took away from it was just like when you have a dual meet like that where it is kind of center stage and, you know, it was a Friday night. I know that we're going to get into the disaster that was Ohio State and Virginia Tech. But before that, I was able to watch the Michigan Campbell duel. And when you get into a dual meet where you have that kind of environment that the UFC provided with the fans and it was like promoted better than any dual meet, probably this this entire year. I don't think there's going to be another dual meet promoted to this level that the UFC can actually do. You're going to get some interesting things happening. And the first two matches, the McHenry match with uh, the 25 pounder Morton, right? Yeah. They, Morton, yeah. That came down to the Morton. Then that came down to the last second. Right. And then the second one was a Coney. At 33, that was another one. He yeah. comes off right away and and takes him down, and it was a tighter match than I think people would have expected. Um, and I think some of that environment had to do with that, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, for sure, 100%. I mean, Dom Zaccone, he was he was pumped up, man. Illinois kid, right? Two Illinois kids going at it. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, got a tank on him, right? And that's what Ragason's normally known for, right, is a guy with that tank. And then there in the third Right. You get Zacone with a couple, you know, gets his underhook going and gets a couple takedowns. And then, you know, looks like he's coming back. And then Ragason, you know, puts a nail in the coffin there. But, yeah, that was a great match. Um, you know, it was a it was a really cool setup. I, I, like I said, I'm glad I went. Um, I'm thinking, they'll, you know, from what I'm hearing, um, they they want to do more of it. I, they tweeted out something afterwards that, you know, you know, NCAA coaches be by your phone. So um, sounds like they want to do more of it. Um, and you know, we'll see where, where it can, where it can go from here. And, uh, it was an exciting event and, uh, I'm glad I went and hopefully the next one, uh, you get to go to Zach. Yeah. I wish I could have went, uh, but it, it looked great on TV. It looked really good. I was kind of skeptical. They had John Morgan as one of the commentators. And I know that he's like an MMA guy and doesn't really know a whole lot of wrestling. And I told him, I was like, you guys might get roasted for this because, you know, us wrestling people, we want to hear people who are familiar with the sport. And um, I thought he kind of held his own for as much knowledge as he had about the sport. So I thought uh, the UFC knows what they're doing. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see where it goes in the future. All right, let's talk about this disaster that was <laughs> Ohio State versus Virginia Tech. So I, I'm going to walk the fans through what's going on. We started betting on Circus Sports. Uh, you guys should go check out Circus Sports. Uh, if you're in Iowa, I think Iowa and Vegas. If you're not, you're kind of up creek without a paddle, right? Maybe that's good if you're us, right? <laughs> you know, maybe it's good if you can't if you don't have access to to bet. Corby and Jake, when they talk about picks, sometimes they act like it's a done deal. They act like it's just simple math. You just add it up and that's it, man. They're acting like they are the only ones with this calculator that works. And the rest of us are like checking math with paper. So I start sending out texts to people because I got people texting me sometimes like, what's the play this weekend? Like, what, what, you know, what do you bet and this and that? So I start sending off arrows like lock at mortar lock after mortar lock after mortar lock telling people like we like like I'm in the matrix or something. And then the dual meet happens, and Sammy Sasso gets beat first. It was like we didn't even really get to have a whole lot of fun throughout the thing because it was like punch right away in the mouth. 
there's some people saying that if this dual meet started at 57 or 65 or 74 or literally any other weight other than 149, that Sammy Sasso would have maybe won that. Because if you look at the match, he was, you know, he looked to seem to be pretty gassed throughout the match at the, at the end, at least. Jake, what's your opinion on that? Do you think it would have mattered? Do you think Caleb Henson's the real deal? What did you think of beginning that duel with such a gut punch to what we were betting on? If you're a Virginia Tech fan, I'm sure you're super happy, but we were riding Ohio State pretty hard. Yeah, you know, obviously me and Corby were pretty high on Ohio State, unfortunately. I, I felt the same way as him, and, you know, I sent out a few texts too about uh, riding o Ohio State there. But, uh, yeah, I think Sasso just – Obviously, I think he cuts a lot of weight. I think early in the season, he's probably not in best form. Um, I think he's going to get better. But at the same time, I think Caleb Henson is just really good, too. I mean, he had a great open early in the year. He obviously beat Sammy Sasso. And, you know, I think what surprised me the most was how he beat Sasso kind of at his own game. You know, he kept hitting head inside shots and eventually he finished i was i was super impressed with sasso I, or sorry uh henson i think he's only going to get better as the year goes on he, you know he's probably gonna take a loss here or there but you know sasso i don't know like me and corby kind of talked about just early in the season maybe not at his best form yet i was um i was very disappointed in sasso i'll say that corby do you have anything you want to add to that what was your explanation there for the, you know, some people I'm sure you had to answer to. What do you think of the Sasso Henson match? Um, good matchup timing wise for Henson or, or is Henson the real deal? Sasso cutting too much weight. What's going on? I think Henson's definitely going to be the real deal, but I think it was a mix of right. Like Sasso early year, maybe weight cut freshman coming in, overlooking him at a little bit, you know, not, you know, not on his toes, ready to go. Number two, you know, got a freshman coming in to his home gym, probably just not up and, and ready to go as much as he need to be. Nothing against Henson. I think he's going to be really good, obviously. But, man, Sasso just, who that one start. you know, that started off not so well for us. And then I'm like, oh, we got a chance. And then, you know, we'll get to it later at the end. But, you know, the two – the old dog kind of sasso a little bit, you know, the veteran, the team lets us down early and then the young bucks kind of trip up at the end there. And, you know, um, it's just weird, right? I, I, it's funny. Now we're talking, uh, like we actually could bet on this. Like we bet like <laughs> real money can be bet. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just wild that now, like, you know, where now it's like, I'm a huge Sammy Sasso fan, right? I love Sammy Sasso, but like, he lost a match this weekend that, you know, cost us some shekels, you know, and, and now it's like, man, Sammy, I love you. But when I see you, man, I'm going to be like, Sammy, what the hell happened in the Vatech duel? You know what I mean? And I, you know, you cost us some shekels there. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of funny now, right? It's just a whole different dynamic, right? Where like we're wrestling people, right? So in the football and basketball side of things, they could always bet, right? So now they're, oh man, the freaking point guard how did he miss that freaking layup at the end we didn't cover right well now we get to in our minds we're there right it's like oh wow now as wrestlers you know and wrestling people and fans right it's like it's just different right it's it's you know and i don't even 
you know, they're probably not even aware of it yet. You know what I'm saying? So that's an interesting aspect of it too, to where, you know, they're probably like a lot of these wrestlers don't even, they have no idea that, you know, they could, you know, that you could probably bet on their duels, right? Where basketball and football players, they're, 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 they're very well aware that people are out there betting on their games. You know what I mean? Where in wrestling, it's not too, you know, you know, yet, right. It's not getting mm-hmm. there yet because, you know, wrestling's Iowa, Iowa's wrestling and uh, Circa's got a line and you can only really play it in the state of Iowa. You know what that tells me? You farmers out there are just willing to spend your money on anything. Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty cheap to live out here. So a lot of us are, uh, you know, we got a little bit to sit on to gamble on the weekends. One thing that I thought about was I the reason why I love gambling on wrestling so much, not just because I love wrestling and I love gambling, but in wrestling, you are always trained to, to like score as many points as possible, you know, beat the guy as bad as you can. We're like in in basketball and football, sometimes a team will get up by a lot and then like out of respect for their opponent, they might, you know, they might get a breakaway run, but then they might slide at the end to kind of not run up the score against their opponent or in basketball. Like if your team's winning by a lot, you're not supposed to go and like dunk it. You know what I mean? Like there are certain like faux pas in those sports when you're up by a lot. Well, in gambling, us gamblers are sitting at home like, I need you to cover. So when I'm watching Iowa versus Cal Baptist and they're up by 35, I want them to be up by 40 because I, you know, I might, you know, that was a line was 35. Right. So when Iowa was yeah. slaughtering them, the, you know, other sports would be like, eh, like, let's let them, let's maybe let the other team win one or, or, Hey, don't maybe don't get a major decision. Not in wrestling wrestling. They want you to go out there and tech fall the guy. They don't care if it's the 57 pounder jumping up the 74. Cause that's what happened. But that's what makes it so exciting. And that makes you really, mm. you know, like it, every match matters and it makes wrestling that much more fun or it can make it miserable. Like we had a pretty miserable Friday night, but um, at one fifty-seven, Patty Gallagher went in there and I think that we thought he would, at least me, I thought that he was going to absolutely run the table against this Clayton Ulray. After we got the news that um, Andonian was going to be out, I was like, oh, I'm in, in on this bet. Like that's when I really started being like, Oh, like we're going to be raking in the money tonight. I don't know what happened, but that match was a lot closer than some people would think. I know Patty got a reversal and uh, like a reversal to some back points at the end of the first or second, but that match was closer than this 14 to eight looks. Right. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is, is we dug, I like was looking around and saw the probables and then I saw no Andonian and the line was nine. So I'm told you, I'm like, jump it. We got to get in. We got to get in. So we bet it at nine and literally five minutes later, and it went up to 12. So I don't know if they must've got a hold of the probables as well. So we got it at nine. It went up to 12 and we still didn't cover at nine. And you know, what's interesting about wrestling too, in football and basketball, if the quarterback's out or the running backs out or the receivers out or the guard, like before the game, you usually hear, Hey, they're out. We don't play that game in wrestling. Like you don't know who's going to go out until they ref blows the whistle. Right. So as far as betting goes, it's very difficult. Right. Because you don't know, like you don't, you don't know who's going to go out. It's a combat sport one-on-one and you don't know until they toe the line. Right. So um, that's kind of what makes it hard to bet too. And it's going to make me um, probably just stop betting it, to be honest with you (laughs) early in the year, because 
No, listen, <laughs> early in the year, because we aren't not certain of the lineups we're going to see. Let's say six weeks in, we kind of got the flow. We know what's going on. We know early on, we don't, we don't know a lot. And even if you're in the know per se, you still don't know a lot. They don't like to give out a lot of information, right? Which, Hey man, I understand that. And as they shouldn't. So, um, you know, we usually don't know until the probables hit and that still doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Iowa only listed 12 guys or 13 guys Well, you can travel 15. So they're going to have a couple more guys going this weekend that is on that list because that's just, you can, they're going to travel as many as the rule allows them to, I would imagine. So um, we'll see. Anyway, let's get back to this duel. Uh, Karchla, Brady, what'd you think of that match? Did Brady show you guys anything in that three to one? I, I don't think Brady showed me anything more than I think what he, what he just is. I think he is a solid kid who wrestles hard, but you know, doesn't have a ton of offense but also has a lot of good defense and, you know, Karchla kind of has been somewhat disappointing. I think the last couple of years with lack of offense and lack of scoring, um, obviously not saying he's not elite elite, but, you know, I remember watching him at Fargo. He had a lot of great leg attacks. He, you know, kind of dominated guys. And I mean, I know, I know he's had some really good freestyle wins. Maybe it's a freestyle folk style thing. Maybe it's an injury thing. Um, but you know, his, his lack of leg attacks kind of worries me with him moving forward, you know, especially in a, a extremely tough 165 pound weight class. At, at 174, we had Makai Lewis and, and, uh, Ethan Smith. That match to me kind of went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Pretty low scoring, not a ton of offense on, on really either side. Um, did you guys have anything you wanted to add on that 174 pound match? Were you guys surprised at all? No. All right. We'll nope. move it right along. Caleb Romero though. Shout out to Caleb Romero. He actually did his job against Hunter Bullen. We needed him to win if we were going to have any sort of chance at that point in the duel me. And he came off right away with a takedown, I think in like the first like 30 seconds. So I was thinking, okay, here we go. This is why we gamble. We're turning the ship around. At least he did what he was supposed to do. I want to give him a little bit of flour. So clap it up for, for Caleb Romero for at least trying for us. Right. So I'm happy for that. Uh, 97 though, Gavin Hoffman got the win. Orndorff. I would like to talk about that match a little bit. I was kind of worried about Orndorff. Not gonna lie. I've never been the biggest Orndorff guy. I've never been really high on the Orndorff train, but he did. We had to do against Kaka and, um, three to one. Was that surprising to you guys? Not no. to me. The big man scramble at the end, I liked. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was exciting. 25, Malik Heinzelman defeats Eddie Ventresca. Corby, I feel like you have been pretty high in this Ventresca kid. You said that he was pretty good on top. Um, did this result yep. shock you at all? No. Um, you know, first time, you know, Malik's, Malik's a veteran now. People on, you know, Malik's been around. Um, so, you know, no. Um, I think Van Tresca is going to build, um, you know, I just think a lot of people, you know, forgot about Van Tresca a little bit because, you know, he took that gap year. And I think, you know, the Cooper Flynn, you know, was coming out of high school and had the name and, you know, it's Van Tresca Now he's the guy he's ranked and, and uh, I think he's going to keep building. And I think, uh, you know, he can close the gap on some of these guys come March. A lot of people are going to know, I think who Van Tresca is. So um, yeah. And then 133, man. I mean, Never in a wildest dreams after 
the Latona that I saw at the open the previous weekend. Not that Pat Phillips is bad because he's pretty solid actually, but just watching the matches and the Latona that I saw and the Mendez that I saw beat bird. I thought this is probably like a nine, four, you know, four takedowns Mendez and, and, uh, it wasn't the length of Latona was a problem. Um, and, uh, he gave Mendez fits in, uh, you know, three to two and that, you know, didn't quite close the door on us there, but it, 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 you know, took us down to 41. What do you, you have anything to add there about Latona, you guys? I thought Latona looked massive in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I thought Jesse Mendez looked smaller, but I just think Sam Latona, I did like you guys are saying the other day, like, how did he ever make 25? Um, so I, I don't know. I like whenever I saw him toe the line, I did not think this was going to go, go our favor at that point. Yeah. I mean, Tom Crook has been so good this year, but then if you, if you go back though, a year in high school and you were to match up Tommy Crook and, and Buzakis, I mean, that's, that's a, you know, Buzakis wins that match, you know, more than likely, you know, from their high school careers, the way they went. Um, Buzakis is probably a little small, obviously he was with 33 the weekend before, but, um, man, Tommy Crook has jumped levels. You know, I don't know if it's Brewer. I don't know who's working with him there. I don't know if it's just Tommy. I know Tommy Crook is a worker. So, um, you know, probably doing a lot of it, you know, on his own, obviously, but man, you don't see, um, you don't see kids coming out of high school ranked where he was jumping in and, and jumping the levels that he, that he has. Um, so it's really impressive on Tom Crook and Virginia tech and their staff and what's going on there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Crook comes out and shuts the door and, uh, just, you know, we just money out the window. I'm sitting there in, you know, North Carolina and, uh, and, uh, you know, you guys say it's over with, I'm sitting there watching this UFC event thinking, wow, <laughs> Man, I'm gonna probably get locked out when I get home. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, everything, everything. Uh, you know, we learned a little lesson there this weekend, didn't we? I hope. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think there's been lessons learned this whole season when it comes to betting the line. <laughs> oh yeah. People have been. Oh yeah. People have been saying that sports books don't want to pick up uh, wrestling lines because it's just too predictable. But so far this season. It's been the most volatile betting I've ever seen. I've been scared to partake at all. Yeah, it's been pretty brutal. I don't know. Shout out to the guy who's doing the lines for them. Shout out to Circus. He needs Board. a raise. They're killing it. All right. We'll move right along here. Uh, Lock Haven and Penn State. Penn State is cursed at 125. It's the only match that they lost. Um, Gary Steen, I know that he was a kid that's originally supposed to go to Pitt. There was a whole drama behind him. He ended up at Penn State. Robbie Howard is out for the year. Tough for Penn State. Are we sad for Penn State? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. For him. I'm, yeah, sad for Gary Steen. I know he's he's a good kid. I know he works hard. I know Penn State is a great place to be. But you know, I mean, if 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 they have one weight where they struggle, and and that's it. Like they're still doing okay. They've, they've got great coaches. They've got great kids. I thought, you know, Shane Van Ness and Facundo are, are incoming kids who looked awesome in that duel. Um, you know, Bartlett does Bartlett things and, and 
you know, doesn't blow the the doors off, but he's, he's going to do great things at 141. I, you know, I have a hard time feeling bad for Penn state, but you know, they've, they've proven that they get guys ready for the end of the year. So maybe, maybe Steen is, wasn't ready for, for that, uh, you know, that start out, but I think he'll be, he'll be a lot better by the end of the year. I know that. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all there really is to that duel. It's not, not too close of a duel. Um, Oklahoma State, though, they went and they wrestled against Lehigh and Bucknell over the weekend. Um, another bet that I lost, I took Lehigh. I thought that they were going to cover plus two. They got kind of blown out, it seems. Um, 25 to six, Oklahoma State wins. But there are some good some good things to look at here. Um, Michael Beard wins for Lehigh, right? Trevor Trevor. Master Giovanni, Dayton Fix, Carter Young, Victor Voinovich. They all went for Oklahoma State. Let's talk about the Voinovich match. It seemed to be kind of the most exciting match of the weekend, it seems, in most people's opinion. 15 to 13 in overtime. Did you guys actually get to go watch it? I have not seen that match yet. Um, and hey, and just so I want to go back real quick. And when I say I feel sorry for him, I meant uh, I feel sorry for Robbie Howard. Um, yep. Just, you know, I mean, the kid just awesome talent just injury after injury i feel sorry for him i hope he gets back and he's healthy because he's a great kid from a good family and uh i hate to see that but anyway yeah oklahoma state lehigh i did watch that duel um man manzona bryant comes out goes up quick 6-0 on on voinovich battle battle back all the way back voinovich comes back freaking man's manzona can barely stand up at the end of that match and and uh Voinovich wins it like 15 13 I believe they go he ends up tying it right there at the end um and they force overtime and he gets a takedown not you know he hit the same takedown a few times getting to his underhook getting to his double leg he's really nice at that double leg he's locking that double leg you know high you know uh you probably show the guys that Jake, you know, they getting in and they're locking high, right, right underneath the the tailbone there, just above the butt. And uh, so the guy can't, you know, sprawl back. And he, he was doing a really good job. And, and uh, he's going to be a kid that has a gas tank as the year goes on. He's going to get a lot better. He's a very, very good leg rider. Um, He's going to get, you know, better on top. Um, What else in that duel stood out to me? Uh, like you said, fix did fix things. Uh, I think uh, Whitlake over Samuelson was a big, uh, big result. Just mainly just Whitlake moving up two weights. I think I was excited to see what he kind of looked like. He looked, you know, very, I mean, I know he's a short guy, but looked very thick. He looked like he's uh, going to be just like a good size for 184. I think I'm interested to see how he goes. Um, Samuelson, that's a good win for him. Um, you know, not like a top eight win, but I think Whitlake's a guy who's going to do really well this year. I do too. Right. And then Oklahoma state goes and wrestles Bucknell and there was an upset there where Darren Miller, uh, knocked off Carter young. Just want to give, you know, Bucknell, Darren Miller, a shout out, wrestled well, uh, up a weight was a 33 pounder. He's made, you know, a tournament before, I believe he was a couple time, uh, PA placer, tough kid. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, they that was I believe they only lost two matches in that duel. It was thirty to six. So all right, yeah, go ahead, Zach. I just wanted to give say that real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Lehigh also traveled to Norman, Oklahoma, where they wrestled against the Sooners. Um, Connor McGonagall beat 
Wyatt Henson, the 33 pounder, not the 25 pounder, uh, but he beat him pretty good. Five to zero. Were you guys surprised by this one? So yeah, Zach, this is actually interesting. So they wrestled at Lehigh. Okay. Then they got in the bus and drove over to Liberty high school and participated in that event. Norman, they actually just drove 10 minutes down the road. They dueled. I watched the duel. It got done. And literally 55 minutes later, they were at a different location and wrestled another duel against Oklahoma. They drove over to Liberty and wrestled. I was wondering what happened because when they wrestled against Oklahoma state, it was on a different mat. And so I'm thinking like Mm -hmm. maybe there's multiple mats in different gyms. I didn't realize they were actually in separate locations. That's kind of crazy that they allow that to happen. So, so this happens, um, not often. I would say a few times a year, you'll see teams, um, maybe come out in New York city and, and they may duel, uh, a Columbia and then drive down and do a Princeton at seven. And so when something like that happens, they take the way in. So, so here's what, like, if let's say that does happen, if you're the team not wrestling, you get to weigh in at the same time as they do. To, so you actually weigh in at the same time. So, um, so that's kind of interesting. I don't think people know that a lot. That's what happens in them, in them double dual situations. Um, so yeah, just kind of interesting. I don't think a lot of people realize it. Yeah. They just got in the bus, drove 10 minutes over and literally got off, warmed up and then wrestled another duel. So it's kind of cool of them coming into town and utilizing, you know, and getting as many matches as they can, as well as Oklahoma state, right? They got in the car and drove over. They went two and a half, three hours out to Bucknell and wrestled that night. Right. That's what they did. So, um, yeah, so they both did that. So pretty interesting. All right, let's move on to the drama of the weekend. I know that this is a stalemate show and sometimes we talk about that kind of things, but this particular show, we normally talk about just the results, but I think there was some, what would be the word? Some feathers being ruffled between Noto and, and uh, coach pop there. Um, the lock Haven NC state duel really wasn't that close. There's not a whole lot of results to go off of, but the Noto match, he wins an overtime. I believe he transferred out from NC state. Apparently it might not have been the smoothest transition. I don't really know what happened. Um, I would like to hear your take on it, Corby. I feel like you'd probably be closer to the situation than the rest of us. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, here you go. I don't think, you know, obviously Noto's a New York kid. Noto goes to NC State. Um, he leaves NC State for Lock Haven. Um, you know, they had Camacho, who's hurt now, but you know, they, you know, had some room battles back and forth, I would think. And uh, you know, he transferred out. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of bad blood. Um, not, you know, not horrible, but maybe a little bit. And uh and so if anybody is around PA area or they, or they are Lock Haven fans or they have paid attention in the past, um, that's this one thing that, that uh, Scott Moore likes to do is he likes to clap. When his guys win or a big win, he gives, hey, let's go, a real big clap, right? So what, what I saw, which I, I saw him turn around, 
you know, towards pot, maybe five, six, eight feet away. And, you know, because the benches are both on the same side in an event like that, which normally they're not. So benches are on the same side, only separated by like a scores table, let's say, right? So the coaches aren't far from each other. So he's clapping. Eh. So pop starts clapping back and Noto's right there. So they obviously have some words and pop says something to Noto, which I think, you know, after Noto, I think says something first maybe. And uh, so, yeah, just a little bit of, you know, wrestling heated there. And I think, you know, it's a close environment there and the stands were close. And I think Noto's dad came out of the stands and a little bit there and, and so, you know, wrestling, man, I mean, boys being boys, um, you know, I don't think, you know, we like to not, uh, not me, but I'll, I'll blame this one on you, Zach stalemates. You guys like to blow this stuff out of proportion a little bit. Um, but no, it's no big deal. Really just, just boys being boys. Um, I guarantee you if, uh, if Pop Lizio and Mr. Noto meet each other in the hallway after that duel, they probably shook each other's hand and it was, it was over with, you know, it's just yeah. no big deal. You know, I'll stand on a little bit what we do here. I think that stuff like this is okay if it's within competition, right? And then afterwards, if it continues on afterwards, that's where I'm like, all right, what are we doing, right? But if you're doing it in the heat of the moment in the competition, I like that. I like when you see guys like Aaron Rodgers, the GOAT per se, yell at his coach and he's, you know, they're getting each other's face. To me, that's passion that shows me, the fan, that you actually care about, you know, winning or you actually care about losing and you actually give us something to believe in. So I think things like this are actually overall probably a, a more of a positive than they are negative, even though it might look more like a negative, but like you said, it's wrestling. We get heated just kind of what happens. And I think it's okay. I, I'm fine with it. Um, you guys agree? Disagree? No, no, absolutely. I love the inter- entertainment value of it. it. All right. Make it sure you guys are still there. Arizona state first <laughs> Rutgers. All right. Corby, you're you're kind of these is this is this is when your your ex wife meets your girlfriend, right? For you, no. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I mean a little bit. I mean, you know, I I lived right there. You know, thirty minutes from Rutgers, and you know, I had season tickets, and you know, I would stop in there once in a while, and got to know those guys pretty well, and and uh, yeah, now I'm out here in Arizona, and I'm twenty minutes from Arizona State, and uh, I have season tickets, and. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's um, one of those matches where, um, yeah, man, kind of my old team meeting kind of the team that I guess I, you know, my local team now. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting, um, interesting dual meet. Uh, it was an interesting dual meet, I see, not going to be. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, what do you think? What do you guys think of this dual meet? I mean, we didn't get to see all the stars in the dual meet. Um but, you know, we start off at 25. We don't see Courtney, right? We see Richie Figs. Um, and, you know, Figueroa is one of those guys who's very highly recruited and coming out and, and uh, you know, people are, you know, hey, what's he going to be like, right? What's, what's he going to be like? We didn't see a lot of them. And, you know, now we see him in a, in a big match against a, against a big-time kid. And, and uh, you know, he pulls out the win and, you know, good for him. And, um, you know, that, that impressed me um, for him. What would you think? Jake yeah I think uh, a match I was I don't know if I was surprised by it but um, you know an exciting match was Alvarez versus Vasquez I know it ended in a somewhat heated danger call um, with some a takedown and some back points I know looking at some video you know obviously Zeke was 
pretty fired up about that match. But, you know, that that one, like I said, maybe not surprising, but uh, um, was it was an awesome match. And then I, I also want to give a big shout out to my boy, uh, Boone McDermott for for Rutgers. You know, he's an Iowa kid uh, who has left the state. And, and like I've told you guys a few times, not many Iowa kids leave the state and have success. But he's, you know, he's doing his best out at out at Rutgers. And, you know, he got a big pin in this duel. I know, um, you know, it probably clinched the duel for them. But I know... I know Corby's ready for this Saldano talk because we've we've kind of talked about him before, but man, he's he's super impressive. I'll kind of let you just uh, roll with this one, Corby. Yeah, man, high point kid. You know, probably twenty five minutes from me and where I was at in New Jersey, and a kid that you know I got my eyes on a lot growing up, and when he was growing up, and you know, it it's. Uh, not the most conventional way. And, you know, one of those kids that, you know, his whole life told it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And it'll never work at that level. And it'll never work at that level. And, you know, I think he heard it, you know, the same thing growing up, you know, going into college, it won't work. It won't work. And, you know, here he is, you know, true freshman, um, you know, wrestling a, a ranked kid and who, you know, has been respectable and, and he gets on top and, turn, turn, turn. Good luck. I mean, 84 pounders. I mean, just beware. I mean, you look at him, he doesn't look that big. You see how he's doing it. And he doesn't look, you know, like, wow, how is he turning guys like that? Well, he does it and he's been doing it and it looks like he's going to continue to do it. And uh, I'm here for it. And uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, <laughs> the wrestling world's going to love this kid. The more you get your eyes on him, the more you're going to love him. And, uh, and uh be ready right i mean he'll he also don't be i mean he'll go to his back he'll go to his back he'll go dylan ness skater bacon on you he'll pull himself to his back i mean he he's very funky he's different and uh he's exciting for the sport and so Rutgers has got a good one and i mean listen john posnanski you know was an all-american and then you know he came back last year not a very good year and i mean he's red shirting you know, for a reason. So Donald's pretty damn good. So, um, we'll see, you know, I'm excited for, for him in the future. And, uh, he was on our freshman pick and so Boone, I'm with you on Boone. Boone was little love Boone. When I get in the room up there, he's just a big teddy bear. He's a great kid, funny, uh, great personality. So, um, yeah, man, Boone, uh, Boone's put on about 30, 35 pounds as well. So he's up to like 255, 260. So, um, he can wrestle with these big boys now and he, and he's still able to move. So I'm excited for Boone. Um, you know, uh, what else, Zach, what do you got going on now? What do you want to jump to? Um, any other dual meets you want to talk about from this weekend that you can think of? Yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap up with this Cal Baptist tour. Um, they came to Ames on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Tyler and I got to go. It was a late duel. It was eight o'clock. I like that. Um, I wish it was a Friday or a Sunday rather than a Saturday night because your boy likes to have some fun. But we had fun. And then we came home and watched the UFC. But I thought – and I watched both duels. Went to the Iowa State one, the Iowa one I was betting on. So I watched them both very closely. I was going to do a video kind of breaking down the differences and, you know, the results between Iowa State and Iowa and just trying to see who's got the edge at this point. You know, we're two weeks out from that December 4th that we keep hyping up. So I'm kind of looking at the, re the results to see, you know, maybe where we have the edge and maybe where they have the edge. 
And I kind of took away two things. I think one, Iowa State has a little bit of a weight issue at the at the lower weights, right? Um, I don't know exactly if Tarakina is on that train, but I think Redding for sure. And Dresser even talked about it in the post meet was kind of kind of talked about Redding and and uh, the weight that's going on. I know he was forty one last year. He's back down to thirty three. He's been thirty three in the past. But I don't know. I think um, I think if he wants to go to Iowa City and beat a Brody Teske or or beat Shriver, whoever it ends up being, or just any quality opponent, he's going to have to figure out this weight thing. Uh, he didn't look good in the first period, so he got pinned. And uh, I don't necessarily think it was a fluke. I just think on that particular night, uh, he, you know, he had it wasn't the thing of the dual meet start at thirty. The dual meet start at forty nine. So he didn't. He was the second last match of the night, and he still kind of looked. Um, he looked winded for sure. I don't think that the gas tank is quite there yet for him at 33. And then Tarakina, I don't think that the opponent that he wrestled was that bad of a loss. Maybe it is right now, but I think down the road, we might look at this loss like, Hey, maybe that kid's got some game to him. He kind of reminds you of, um, is it Biscaglia from Northern Iowa that likes to hold on to the wrist and not really let you move? Tarakina really couldn't get away from that. He really wasn't able to attack. And when you look at Tarakina, when he wrestles his best, like he did against Wisconsin, it's when he has a very high offense and he's able to score a lot of points. I know that sounds obvious, but some guys seem to know how to just shut him down. And um, he kind of got shut down there. And I don't think he was able to really figure out the puzzle that was, you know, that Griffin was kind of presenting to him. And then Iowa, if you look at Iowa, right, we didn't really get to know too much about Iowa because they had a lot of people that were maybe injured or sitting out or for whatever reasons that we don't really know, right? But we really didn't learn a whole lot except maybe you could say that they have a little bit of depth to them. Um, I think we learned a lot at 57. Kobe Seabrick looked pretty good, huh? I'm kind of team... I'm not, not that I'm not team Ratchy either. Like I think either kid are going to, is going to be good and, and who knows will be the guy, but Kobe Seabrick is really fun to watch. Uh, he, he can pen people. Um, the 57 pounder that, that they threw out there was not exactly, I don't think that the toughest litmus test for Kreiser or Seabrick, but I think it was cool to see some of those guys that maybe wouldn't normally wrestle in Carver Hawkeye get to go out there. Like Drake Rhodes went out there and got a win. Um, Teske's match was a little closer than I thought, but again, that's the same kid that beat Redding. And so I don't know. Like I said, I think we just kind of have more question marks. I think the only concern for Iowa right now would just be to get healthy. Uh, but again, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. Like, Co- like Corby said earlier, we don't really get privy to this kind of information unless you're around the program you know, on the day-to-day basis. So I didn't really have a whole lot to take away from that. I probably won't even do a video breaking down both sides because, again, we really didn't learn a whole lot. I do know this, Younger Bastida might be the best top wrestler in the country, all right? Four minutes of riding time. I don't, I mean, he might be, he might be, you know, he's, we already know he mastered the, the neutral game, but he might be the best top wrestler I've ever seen. So I'm just kidding about that. But, Shout out to Iowa State. Shout out to Cal Baptist for coming to Iowa and going to both. That's the Army tour. The Army did that last year. Cal Baptist did it this year. So shout out to them. Um, All right. This new segment. Do you guys have anything you want to add about Iowa Iowa State? That was rude. No. No. no, I don't think so. Not really. I mean. At 25 and 33, I feel like those guys have always been pretty inconsistent during their Iowa State career. So I think it's just 
getting more time to see how they fare through the season. I will say this. Casey Swiderski went out there and got taken down right away. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Right. But then he, I think that was a little bit of the Hilton magic, you know, getting through that Michigan blood. And now he's, now he's ready to go. But he looked, he looked great after that. But he did get taken down right off the bat. And I was kind of like, man, I shouldn't have called this true he's freshman. A, he's a bully a, a out there. Champion, but here we are. Yeah. All right. I think MVPs. Iowa this weekend. Go ahead. This weekend, um, Iowa too. We got their probables, and we're not going to learn a whole lot. It looks like the same lineup for Army, Buffalo, and Sacred Heart this weekend as we saw last weekend. So, uh, you know, we're not going to really learn a lot um, for that lineup. So, you know, we're probably going to be going into December fourth with a lot of question marks, right? You know, everybody's going to be waiting until December second to see them probables, and you know, it's going to list everybody. So. It's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to, you know, the talk will get going. That's probably what we'll be focusing on here after this weekend, I would imagine. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Just Let's imagine the feel though of that. Well, just imagine, I don't want to talk about gambling too much. So we don't seem like degenerates, but the hype of the usual Iowa, Iowa state duel and then having money on it too. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm, it's going to be bad. I got to learn how <laughs> I got to learn restraint right now i got to get better in the practice room today so tomorrow out on the floor i'm ready to go all right for the third time let's move let's on to it. this new segment it's called the mvp of the weekend <laughs> until we come up with a more creative name i don't feel like a lot of wrestling shows have these particular segments so we're going to try to do this if you guys like it or if you guys can think of a different segment for us to do every week please let us know but the mvp of the weekend jake who do you have yeah, I thought this was an easy one for me. Obviously, I've got uh, Caleb Henson uh, after a obviously a huge, huge win over um, Sammy Sasso. I think you know he's just setting himself up for a great year. You know, being in the ACC, you know, I think he's going to rattle off some some big wins. He's got a big weekend this this weekend. I know there's a chance he's going to see. Uh, I think Parco and Milner. Um, so, you know, the sky's the limit for him, but, you know, after a win and a huge duel away and, you know, at Ohio state, big crowd, huge environment, first match of the duel, like for him to go out and get a win over Sammy Sasso, extremely impressive, true freshman. I think he's, um, you know, setting himself up for a great year. He's, he's my MVP. All right. I like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that except for he screwed us, but it's fine. All right, mine, the theme of the weekend here is gambling, right? So I'm going with Trent Hidley. And because he did his job, he was supposed to go out there and dominate. He went out there, he dominated. He raised the roof. He ate the hoagies, whatever he does. But <laughs> I was so happy to see him win because he helped me cover against Nebraska. So shout out to Mr. Raise the Roof. I'm You're my MVP of the weekend. Right on. I'm going to go uh, Soldano. I mean, you know, it gets a, gets a ranked guy, comes out, um, you know, does it. I mean, text him on top, you know, just like he's supposed to do. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm going Soldano. I mean, great weekend. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's see if he can keep it rolling. And then... Me and Zach went and watched Iowa State 
versus Cal Baptist on Saturday, and then Sunday I watched Iowa and Cal Baptist and just watched them get ground and pounded the whole weekend. But then there was one highlight out of both duels, and that was Elijah Griffin. And, uh, yeah, I like what he brings. I like the, uh, he had energy after his big win against Tarakina. And um, he seems like a gamer, so he's going to be my MVP for the weekend. He did have a little bit of spunk to him. I think he got some mm-hmm. booze even out of the Hawkeyes, which is pretty cool. He was really pumped after that win, though. He he oh, threw wait. a pretty hard you know, club in there, right? That's what it was. That's where the booze came in. I mean, mm. I respect it out of the sense of not even the Hawkeye thing, but like if you go to Carver Hawkeye Arena, like you either want to silence the crowd or get booze. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want the crowd cheering against you, so... I gotta, I gotta give him some flowers a little bit. I think that's okay. But yeah, I, I'm not condoning the whole. I'm not. That's not how you should get the booze by hitting the guy like that. I'm not saying that's cool, but it is. You, that would be my goal if I wrestled there, which I never will. But if I wrestled there, I'd want them to either boo me or be silent. Well, you know, he grew up an Oklahoma kid. So, you know, there's no love loss, you know, Oklahoma, Iowa wrestling. So the fact that he's an Oklahoma kid, went to Baptist, he gets a tour at Iowa where he gets to wrestle Iowa State and Iowa, and he goes in and and beats them both. I mean, he was on cloud nine, I guarantee it. And I guarantee being an Oklahoma kid, he he doesn't, he probably, if he's going to go to all 50 states, I guarantee he's going to visit Iowa 50th. You know what I mean? This kid, he don't. There's no love loss for the state of Iowa, I guarantee it. Is that how it is outside of this state, huh? People, you're either with us or you're against us. It's Iowa versus everybody, I feel like. Well, it's wrestling, right? So this kid grew up probably more than likely going to many Oklahoma State bull meets, right? And who, you know, Oklahoma State, Iowa, it's just the way it is, right? It's, you know, there's no love loss. They just don't really, you know, they love to compete against each other, but they really don't like each other. So he probably has got... You know, he was probably really pumped up to go in there and and do his thing. And and so, yeah, good for him, man. And uh, let's talk about this coming weekend. Absolutely. I'm I am pumped for this Thursday. Was it Friday or Thursday? When's it Missouri, Arizona State's duel? Let's let's talk about that Thursday. Thursday night, Thursday night. I'll be going to that Um, Made 20 minutes down the road from me. Um, Can't wait. they're actually having it in Mullet Arena, which is the um, where uh, the hockey NHL hockey team is uh, plays. So, um, which is on campus there. So they're gonna they're gonna be moving it there off of Desert Financial, where they typically ha- have their duels. So I would anticipate they expect a bigger crowd is why they moved it there. So that'll be exciting. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We have not yet seen Courtney. We saw. You know, Richie Figueroa wrestled pretty good over the weekend. I don't know if we see Courtney. He was in the poster they put out. Um, Doesn't mean anything. Um, And then we haven't seen uh, 97 yet. We haven't seen Northfleet yet. And and then, you know, we didn't see Schultz. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I would anticipate seeing Schultz if the dual meets on the line. I don't know what Schultz's situation is. I know... He was on a tour recently overseas, came back uh, in the room training. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, when he's going to be back, if he will be back for this, he could be, I'm not sure. But uh, what do you like in this duel? Is there anything that like stands out to you? Well, I think if, you know, I go no. ahead, Jake. 
Jake, All right, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Well, I don't want to get too far ahead of, of our little segments that we're going on, but 49 to me is, is my most interesting matchup between Kyle Parko and Brock Mahler. I'm interested to hear your guys' takes on this because I think this is probably the marquee matchup if if uh, if those people don't go, right? I mean, I all signs are pointing that Parko's going and, and Brock Mahler are going, I believe. Correct, Corby? Yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason why we don't see that match. Um, Missouri's pretty much wrestled their guys. We saw Parco. I think we see him. I mean, you know, if we don't, I'd be shocked. Um, you know, they've got a big team coming in here, and I would, I would anticipate them. You know, if everybody is healthy, they'll be going. Uh, yeah, give me, uh, give me Mahler. You know, I think in that matchup, I think it's, it's maybe a. Not super exciting matchup. I know Mahler beat Damas um, in a close one, and I think it's going to be a very similar matchup where you're talking a ride out or a one takedown match there. Um, you know, something I'm interested to see is is if Alan Hart wrestles. I think he may have gotten a little banged up over the weekend. I think um, – 141 is him and him and Jesse Vasquez. I think that's an interesting matchup if, if they do go. Um, and then, you know, another match I'm excited to see is Kyle Valencia versus Peyton Mako. I think that's, um, you know, a matchup of two extremely talented kids. I think Valencia, you know, kind of has to, um, you know, come in the, the footsteps of his brothers, but uh, Mako's a, a game opponent. I know he just took a loss, actually, but uh, that's going to be a really tight match. I'm, I think that's one of the ones I'm I'm most excited for, actually. Just we don't know much about Valencia. We know quite a bit about Mako, and, you know, we'll see if Valencia's kind of a top 12 guy or if maybe he's a top 16 or top 20 guy. I'm I'm excited to see. I think another match too for me is at 197. The Big 12 at 197 to me is like one of my favorite uh, things about college wrestling these days. And uh, Cordell Norfleet, if he goes, like Corby says, Corby, are you frozen? No, you're still no. there. Nope, he's good. Okay, you look frozen. Uh, I don't. Are you playing a trick on me? You just <laughs> no. He's <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> All right. I was like, I was practicing. You know, when I, I used to be one of those guys in Times Square. You know, he just. <laughs> I was like the, the street artist. <laughs> uh, it's like I can't do this seriously. All right. But no, 197 I think will be fun if Norfleet goes. Uh Rocky Elam too. People were saying he was banged up last year. I don't know if those are excuses for you know the you know him losing to Younger like he did, but I, I want to see kind of where 197 shakes out. So I'm excited for 197 as well. Yeah, me too. I think I think Elam's a guy who um, has extreme upside. I think he's a guy who can be a top two or three guy. But like you said, like he had a bad year last year. Who knows? Maybe he's a eighth place finisher there. I mean, same with Norfleet. I think if he wrestles, he's a guy who has all the skills. But you know, who knows if he's going to put it together or not? That's a that's a super interesting match. All right, let's move right along. Yeah, Cornell, Wisconsin, right? You want to keep going or what? Yeah, Cornell, Wisconsin. Yeah, let's go. Cornell, Wisconsin. What do you what do you think about that duel? Yeah, I didn't even see this thing on our on uh, the email that we get every week, so I didn't add it. So I'll, I'm gonna let Jake take the reins here. Yeah, I mean, you know, before we get going 
too crazy. You know, I think the match I'm most excited for is Yanni and, and Gomez, obviously. Um, Gomez coming off a loss, but he also just wrestled for Mexico um, for, I think, one of their uh, team trial type events. So I think he's he's going to probably be wrestling, what, 65 kgs for um, Mexico here in the future. So, you know, I, I know he won that tournament, but, you know, him coming off a loss to Panero Johnson and then I don't think him and Yanni have ever wrestled to my knowledge, at least in folk style. Um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm way off and, and Corby will tell me I'm wrong, but I think it's just like a style matchup of a guy who wants to go over body and, and Yanni who wants to stay down on the legs. So, you know, that's a match I'm extremely excited for. I know, um, you know, we got a battle of the red teams and, and I think, you know, we got a couple Wisconsin who needs to have a good, a good duel. And then we got a team like Cornell with a lot of um, kids who, you know, maybe are new and, and, and haven't seen the lineup a ton. So I'm super excited to kind of just see where, where both teams are with Cornell coming in strong and Wisconsin coming off a loss. Yeah, man, on this dual meet, on this dual meet, I, uh, one match I'm really excited for is uh, Zargo and Cornella. Um, you know, we saw what Cornella did over the, over the summer and, uh, you know, over the weekend he wrestled and he majored uh, Cotter Hant and, you know, Cotter Hans tough. And so I think that's a match to look up, to look out for. Um, and then, you know, I'm interested in, uh, you know, uh, Hamidi, you know, um, Ramirez a little bit. I mean, last year, you know, uh, Shane Griffith goes into Cornell and, and Ramirez, you know, knocks him off. Um, so, you know, is, is, you know, Ramirez got him again. Let's see. Um, and then, you know, Rowley, Rowley's been, you know, looked okay pretty good there for Wisconsin as a true freshman. And now, you know, focus, you know, focus like an octopus, right? I mean, so let's see what, what happens there. And then, uh, Cardenas Amos. I mean, we saw what Cardenas did at U 23s. Everybody thinks, um, you know, Amos has jumped a level. We're going to see a different practice Amos this year. This is going to be a good test here. Um, and then Fernandez and Hilger will be a, will be a good one too. This is actually a, a sneaky, really good dual meet this weekend. Um, so pay attention to it. I believe uh, ESPN Plus Saturday afternoon, early afternoon, I believe. Um, so yeah, make sure you check that one out. Um, I, I, I'm really excited about that duel. Illinois versus NC State. We have Wyoming versus Oklahoma State. Lehigh versus Pitt. And for our second segment of the show, I want you guys to give out who you guys think everybody should watch out for. I kind of already gave mine away, so I'll go first. I say Kyle Parko and Brock Mahler. I like watching Kyle Parko wrestle. I like watching him wrestle when he's at Fresno State. It's continued at Arizona State. Brock Mahler took a year off last year. Red shirt, and he's back at 49. I got to watch him wrestle quite a bit um, in his freshman year and sophomore year. But I'm ready for Kyle Parko and Brock Mahler. Give me M-I-Z-Z-O-U. I'll take Brock Mahler to win that match. He's ranked second in the country. Parko's ranked sixth. Don't miss it. It'll be great. Yeah, I'm I, I'm with Zach on that. I, th I think Mahler's going to, you know, win that match. You know, I just talked about mine as well. I got Yanni and, and Gomez as my kind of match of the weekend that I'm, I'm looking at. I think, uh, obviously, I think Yanni gets it done. And I think, you know, he has maybe some potential to find some bonus points he's gonna win maybe four or five points but you know gomez 
never out of a match. I'm, I'm excited to watch him maybe hit a little comeback here. Um, you know, you got a guy who goes upper body and you get a guy who attacks legs a lot. So, you know, contrast of styles. I, I'm, I'm super pumped about it. All right. I, uh, give me, um, give me beard, beard Bonacorsi. Um, you know, beard leaves, um, you know, goes over to Lehigh. Um, you know, we heard him and Dean had some room battles. So, you know, I want to see where Beard's at. He's looked pretty good this year. And now, you know, he's got a pretty good test against a solid Bonacorsi. And and uh, I think we're going to learn a lot here um, from this. And you mentioned um, Illinois-NC State. Um, a match in that duel that could be, I'm not calling upset by anything, but it could be a fun, exciting match to watch. Could be Jack and Danny Pacino. Pacino, two years ago, beat D'Amelio in a duel meet. He's um, really funky, scrambly in a lot of positions. So um, that could just be a, you know, a, a low key, you know, hey, if you're watching that duel, don't be, don't be shocked if 41's not fireworks. And then mine was Kale Valencia and Peyton Mako. I'm pumped to see another Valencia in the college scene now. And I know he's been a stud. And then Peyton Mako, like we said before, did drop that match to Edmund Ruth this past weekend. So I think having Kale Valencia right after that will be a good gauge of what exactly the loss from this past weekend does mean for him. And so that's my match to watch out for. All right. You know, I like I that like because, it. you know, we're going to, we're going to be getting a guy coming in and, in uh, in Valencia, that's that's really athletic and quick and kind of similar to Ruth. So he's going to cause the you know a little bit of them same problems for Mako. So let's see if Mako can make the adjustments or if if just the quick slick guys are going to be the type of guy that Mako is going to have problems with. So we should get that answered here Thursday night as well. Um, anything else this week that jumps out of you guys that you want to highlight or anything exciting? Um. I guess I can I can go just real quick. I, I know one thing I'm excited for. You got the Keystone Classic. You've got some some interesting weights. Um, I think the a couple that jump out to me. You got 133 Michael McGee. You got Kolioko who's coming off some big wins. You got Latona obviously coming off a big win. And then 149, you've got Milner, Parco, Caleb Hansen, Quinn Kinner, Doug Zapp. I mean, that's that's an extremely tough weight. And then, you know, Makai Lewis, Michael O'Malley, Canigliero at 174. I think I'm hopefully that we, you know, we get to see Cordell Norfleet potentially. And then, you know, depending on what Arizona State does, if, if Schultz maybe wrestles, maybe we get to see um, – some interesting stuff there, but yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a big tournament for me that I'm, I'm really excited for. I know um, we get some, some crazy matches there that, that I'm really excited about. Just another great weekend of wrestling on tap and another good week last week to cap off. So um, if you guys have anything else left to say, if not, we will close it up. Corby, Jake, Tyler, anything left in the tank? We're going to get this money back. Nope. Don't worry, boys. We're going to get this money back. Corey might be done, but I think Jake and I are, and, and Tyler are going to keep, keep <laughs> yeah. riding this gravy train. We're going to get it back. Oh, yeah. That's the only way you, the only way you lose is when you sell. So, all right. <laughs> shout out to Barbarian Apparel. I don't think we gave him the, the shout out at the beginning. So shout out to Barbarian Apparel. Tyler's got the Christmas sweater hitter on. Uh, Tis the, the season. It's snowing Tis today. Thought I busted out. 
There we go. Yeah, we got snow here in Iowa. It's great. All right. See you guys next time.